0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to another episode of After Advent. This is Mark, your host. Today, I'm going to talk about doubt, skepticism, and spiritual damage. What? Really? You don't know? Skepticism can cause you spiritual damage. That's what happens when you don't honestly interact with an idea, but instead... Because you think you're smarter than all that, immediately discounted as possible, reasonable, or rational on the basis of nothing. Nothing other than your own tendency to disbelieve. This developed naturally and honestly though, especially as children, we learn that not everything people say is to be believed, that sometimes people lie. We don't really want to be gullible. I remember as a child, my gullibility was played off a lot by my parents and my friends. I was lied to, manipulated, people poked fun at me, and it was probably pretty funny. Eventually, I learned to doubt what anybody said ever as my first reaction, and then to only believe it when I was given rational basis after I had time to process things through and to come to a conclusion that, yeah, what they say is probably true. Or, no, my friend's probably not a vampire, even though he does have pointy teeth. This is not how it should be. This is not natural, in that natural is what God has created. This is a result of the fall. In an ideal world, in the kingdom that is to come, we will believe each other because we all expect each other to tell truths and there will be no lies it's a perfect relationship with men and God where we are always telling the truth to each other in perfect harmony in perfect communion we don't manipulate each other we don't doubt each other's word we view each other with respect that's not how it is now. We don't. We doubt. Doubt is often our first reaction. We view each other with suspicion. All too often, culture today, media, it doesn't help any. Our media outlets constantly are suspicious of each other. They're suspicious of political leaders and celebrities. They sometimes don't report the truth, but rather a biased slant of the truth, or even have no real desire to report the truth only to report what they discover as they discover it so as to get viewers and attention. We doubt because we do not believe. That in itself is not a terribly profound statement but it is the crux of the matter. We doubt the media because we do not believe the media because they've proven themselves to be untrustworthy. We doubt the opposing party or both parties, some politicians or all politicians, because we do not believe them. We do not trust them. Our doubt is fundamentally a result of a broken relationship, and when our first reaction is to doubt, we are admitting that we exist in brokenness. Now this is not to say that we should believe everything that anybody says, I mean, we Our inherent skepticism does have a purpose in that it helps us to avoid error, but we need to understand that we live in a fallen world, and that reaction, that tendency to be skeptical, is a result of that fallen world. But what can we do? It's not as though the world will all of a sudden change its ways and allow us to be honest and open and to believe everything that anybody says. We all know that advertisers prey on our weaknesses, politicians prey on our fears, that employers can prey on our needs for employment, and that people can prey on our desire to be kind. Well, Jesus says that we need to be as innocent as doves and as crafty as serpents. Firstly, to be as innocent as doves, This requires us to pay attention to how we are contributing to the world. In our jobs, do we manipulate people on the basis of their weaknesses? Do we in any way contribute to others needing to be skeptical of us or of the rest of the world by the way we treat them? And conversely, is what we say encouraging Does it help them love truth? Does it build them up? Does it address their dignity? Does it encourage them to virtue and not to vice? Secondly, being as crafty as serpents, this is to realize the world in which we live, to not be taken aback by people when we see the manipulation or when we have been manipulated. This is to navigate the waters of life in which we live, this now but not yet, with emphasis on the not yet, with integrity, but with the intelligence of knowing what is going on and that there are people out there to manipulate you and all of the things that go into working in a workplace and interacting with other people, each of which have their own individual desires, motivations, insecurities, etc. To be innocent as a dove is to be full of virtue. To be as crafty as a serpent is to not be an idiot. Furthermore, we should avoid contributing to the brokenness of this world. And that's not just because we should avoid being taken in by Satan's wisdom, his lies that says that you can't trust anybody, that you can only trust yourself, that you must protect yourself, that you must push everyone else away and keep them at arm's distance so as to protect yourself that you are somehow alone. It's an insidious lie that continues to reinforce our sin of pride, which is the first sin. But we should also avoid contributing to this fallen world's lack of trust because in doing so causes us immense spiritual damage. Doubt is a defense mechanism. It keeps illumination from entering in. It darkens our eyes, it puts blinders up so that we can only see ahead to the truth or the safety that we are familiar with. This is a part of the previously mentioned callousing to prevent us from being taken in by liars. It is also our own reaction to prevent the light of truth from shining on our dark parts we can use skepticism as a cheap excuse to prevent us from encountering the grace of Christ. A bit of a confession, I have fallen victim to this as well. Part of my spiritual journey has been formed by retreats, by spiritual events, by conferences, and by church camps. I grew up in non-denominational Christianity that put a very high emphasis on these mountaintop experiences where God touches you in a unique and powerful way. It was a mark of spiritual maturity, of spiritual connectedness to God, to have these mountaintop experiences where it was just you and the Lord and He taught you things. That you would cry in the middle of the altar call, that you would raise your hands and drop to your knees and experience the closeness of God I realized in college that I actually had no idea how to hear the voice of God. That I had created an idol out of kind of an emotional feeling that you get when you feel like you're spiritually connected. And that, for some reason, became God to me. That I felt close to God when I felt that spiritual, emotional high. And it took a while to even come to that conclusion because there were some additional really good experiences that I had with the Lord in college at some of those retreats that I wouldn't trade for the world. But emotionally, I have come to paint all spiritual retreats and camps and conferences and anything of that like with the same gray brush of skepticism that people go there to experience that emotional high that God may or may not be there, but I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to hear him, and I'm not sure that anybody there actually has the ability to hear him either, etc., etc., and so forth. And the reason why that is so insipid is that I, all of a sudden, am painting all conferences and retreats with a gray brush. I am doubting my friend's who go on these retreats and the spiritual directors and speakers and all of the people who go in and make those retreats happen. Doubt and skepticism has caused a division in my heart towards the body of Christ and the kingdom of God that simply should not be doubt in this case has taken a personal experience and extrapolated a whole philosophy of skepticism that has caused spiritual damage. You can take that example and copy and paste it as much as you want. You can see how that could occur with somebody who had a bad relationship with their dad or their dad had a bad relationship with their mom and all of a sudden marriage in general is kind of washed under this gray spiritual haze where you're not entirely sure if marriage is really a good thing or if any of the good marriages that you see are actually as good as they seem you doubt that your friends and the marriages that they are in are good simply because of your experience it causes us to be judges of things that we have no business being judges of and puts us on a pedestal as above or better than the people around us. And even if we don't consciously choose it, it makes us the judge of God and his word. This doubt, this skepticism, prevents us from being challenged. If we hear something that we don't like or we're not entirely sure about or we have sort of an emotional gut check reaction against it and we say, you know, I don't know what I think about that and you move on, What threat is there to your way of life, to your assumptions, to your thoughts, to your actions, to your worldview? There is none, nor is there any actual thought regarding the contested idea. It says nothing to its truth value. It says nothing against its truth value. You just haven't addressed it. You've not given the opportunity to engage with an idea with a thought, with a truth that could profoundly impact your life. It's a deflection and we move on. It's effective because that effectiveness is wrought in our desire to defend ourselves, but intellectually, it's a cowardly defense. Like I said a few moments ago, I should know. I've used that cowardly skeptical defense a lot in my life. The example about conferences is just one of them. A practical point. This week, take a look at what you are skeptical about, about whom you are skeptical of, about your reactions to the comments that people make, about your reactions to the news cycle, about what your pastor says in their sermon or homily, about how your friends talk your family interacts with you, all of it, or anything that you can consciously engage with because I know it is difficult to even be aware of this tendency to be skeptical. But do try. Because if we can become aware of our reactions, we can offer those as opportunities for God to come and illuminate our hearts. And maybe our reaction is right. And maybe our reaction could use a little work. But in any case, knowing, being aware, and submitting it to God is definitely the right thing to do. Because it will be in this slow and steady giving of things over to God that we will engage more fully in God's kingdom. We will engage with others as Christ would have us engage with them. We would live as if the kingdom of God is here present with us because it is And even if we can't trust everybody at the word initially, even if we must be discerning in this life because we are in the now but not yet kingdom of King Jesus Christ, we can at the very least submit this tendency to be skeptical to the Lord and ask him to replace that tendency with a resolute commitment to love them first and foremost. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.